Welcome back to the What Was That podcast. Today you just have me, Christina, and I hope that we will have Sean on part two of this episode. So today's episode is all about the Boiling or Bowling School located in Lewisburg, West Virginia. We actually had four tapes, I guess you could say, that I was able to review. We had two CDs from one camcorder and two tapes from another camcorder, which is great. We usually don't have all that. We unfortunately don't have any of the old uh, digital recorder files, so I don't know what we caught on EVP, but that's just the way it goes with the old technology. So as always, before we dig into the evidence, I'm not quite sure how we got into this school. Um, You could see it when you drive in Lewisburg, it's very prominent, it sits up on a hill, it's a huge white building at that time it looked abandoned almost kind of like a hospital somehow sean worked his sullivan charm and got us in there not once but twice and i think we might have been the only people allowed to investigate in there i could be wrong and at the time it was owned by a preservation society and he had just started renovation so it still had some of the old furniture the old chalkboards some old files in it so that was really interesting for some reason, I get this school and the one in Raynell confused, and they're totally different, but I know I was there for the first investigation, and I was not there for the second one. I don't know where any of our stuff is from the first investigation. That might have been, like, old school EVPs, and then we just taped over the tapes. Believe it or not, Sony Cam Handycam handy tapes are really hard to find back in the early 2010s. But if you go to Google and search Historic Bowling School, B-O-L-L-I-N-G, Lewisburg, West Virginia, you'll get a good idea on what it currently looks like. So as always, we talk about the history first because the history is always important. The following information comes from an article titled The Lessons of Bowling. By Michelle James, which was written for the Register Herald in February 2017. So the school first opened in 1877 as, quote, the Lewisburg Colored School and closed in 1967. So just about almost 100 years of operation. It reopened briefly after 1967 as an integrated Lewisburg Intermediate School. It closed again by 1970. It sat empty until 1990 when the city purchased it. They didn't do anything with it until the early 2000s where they passed it over to the Preservation Society that had it when we investigated. It is now uh, owned by a different group and their whole purpose was to revamp it and allow it to be part of the community, which they were successful in doing. It took them $1.2 million to renovate the property and is now known as the Greenbrier Community School. Go check out the website if you're interested in learning more about the history, seeing some pictures. It's um, greenbriercommunityschool.org. So the white structure that is seen today is actually not the original structure. The original structure was torn down after 1940 when it caught fire. It was a wooden, wooden building, small wooden building. So the next information comes from a site called theclio.com. I have never heard of this site, 
but the information seems very factual. And that's Clio, C-L-I-O. So it's really sad, but there's a lot of people out there that think that West Virginia is not a state, (laughs) that it's just Western Virginia. No, West Virginia is its own state. It formed during the Civil War because it wanted to be part of the Union. So with that said, after the Civil War, Lewisburg becomes part of the newly created state of West Virginia. And the Freedmen's Bureau comes into Lewisburg and establishes the bowling school as a free educational center for African-American children. So they, they open it, they start it by 1870, and by 1896, they had 113 students receiving free education, which is great. Interestingly enough, it wasn't named the Bowling School until 1933, and that was after a Professor Edward Bowling, who graduated from the Richmond Normal School and became a, a well-known teacher and principal. That was interesting to me because we live in Richmond, and I looked it up. The Richmond Normal School is still standing here. So I think when I feel better, Sean and I are going to go up there and maybe take some pictures and post it to the podcast Facebook page. So they said in their information, thecleo.com, that by 1935, it was actually supporting all 12 grades. And it was only the fourth public supported full high school for African-Americans in West Virginia. I could not find any deaths on the property. But, as we all know, because we've talked about numerous things in Greenbrier County on this podcast, there's a lot of haunted stuff there. And I don't know if that has to do with the geology, as some may think, or if that's just due to the, the long history. So, again, before we dig into the, the evidence... I do want to let listeners know, in case you're new to the podcast, that a lot of our investigations took place in 2010, 2011, 2012. We did not have the technology that people have today that you see on all the ghost hunting shows. The way that I am reviewing the information, and then I have to play it through my phone, through the microphone is not ideal, but... We make do with what we do, so the audio quality might not be the best. I just want to apologize now. And I also want to apologize for having such a delay between episodes. We had some things happen here at the house, and then I got sick again. You can probably hear it in my voice. I feel like I'm breathing like Darth Vader, but I sound like Ned Flanders. (laughs) So let's dig into the evidence. I think part one will just be... The CDs, and then we'll go over the tapes with Sean in part two because he might have more to talk about in that because he was holding the camcorder a lot of the time. So the first CD that we have came from our friend Chris Neal's camcorder. He's bought a specialty camcorder just to go ghost hunting with us, which is cool. So this video is like what I like to call B-roll. Um... At the time, we were thinking about actually, because we caught so much evidence that we thought was so powerful, but we were going to turn it into a documentary, and we actually had permission from the property owners at the time to screen it at the Lewisburg Theater, but it all kind of fell through. So this first CD is a lot of the B-roll, I would call it, but it had some good information. So it starts with Sean... 
Chris Neal, Kevin Gross, Kevin Morsnack, talking about what happened the night before. Kind of a wrap-up investigation. Um, you've seen the Ghost Adventures crew do that, where like the next day they get together to talk about the crazy things that happened to them and if anything followed them home. Kevin Morsnack was really surprised by the evidence that was caught. He said it was totally unexpected, and he didn't think that we would get as much as we did. And I think... I think we all felt like that. We weren't even sure if the place was haunted, and then we walk away with heaps of evidence. Chris mentions he's still rattled after being shoved. Uh, We'll talk more on that later because we've analyzed it, analyzed it, and analyzed it, and there's just no explanation. Like, he got shoved by an unseen force very hard up against a wall. Uh, Sean and Kevin Gross mentioned how the investigation started off friendly, And as the night wore on, it got aggressive and the evidence just really ramped up. I'm not sure that why that was. I think part of it was due to the fact that I'm pretty positive we were the first team allowed in there to investigate. I'm sure there were kids that like broke in there at night and did stuff. But I think having the first being the first investigators in there trying to make first contact, maybe the spirits were kind of interested and the longer we stayed there the more they're like get the hell out of here um and again as i mentioned before the renovations had just started so i don't know there's theories out there that when you go into these historic homes and you start renovations kind of the spirits get stirred up that could be part of it oh (laughs) and during the the tape Sean mentions that the spirit box, spirit box was mimicking voices. This is like my least favorite thing. I think this is so creepy. So for those that don't know, the best way to describe the spirit box is you've seen Zach use it on Ghost Adventures. Katrina has a similar version of it that she uses on Paranormal Lockdown and Portals to Hell. The one we had was like the OG one. It was a radio shack radio that you somehow hacked in did something to it and it just like spun cycles real quick through the channels like two seconds so if you got a full word coming through you knew that that wasn't what you're hearing on the radio a lot of times we would get full sentences coming out so you could you could tell when sometimes the radio would kick in it would be like a quick like blur but when you get like grovelly voices and High-pitched voices and, like, it's it's weird. It's hard to explain, but you can tell the difference. But for some reason in this location, it mimicked my voice and it mimicked Sean's voice. And I wasn't even on site, so that really creeps me out. And I think that might have been the first time that actually happened to us. And then it seemed to do it more often after that site. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I picked my voice to mimic or Sean's. Um... Uh, this just creeps me out. <laughs> um, and at the end of the tape, there's an interview with me talking about the geology because there's a lot of belief in the paranormal world that limestone and running water kind of creates this energy which acts as a battery for spirits. I'm not completely sold on the idea. Um, it is interesting that all of these hot springs, whether it's in Arkansas, West Virginia are haunted. Is that because of the history and not the geology? Again, the paranormal is hard to 
do any sort of scientific reasoning with it because you can't duplicate stuff. It's not like you can ask for things on command. Um, but anyway, if you're interested in the geology, I will tell you about it. Uh, the area of the school is underlain by a formation called the Greenbrier Limestone. It's a pretty big unit that extends into almost all of southwest Virginia. And I believe that's what Lost World Caverns is in. And then the CD ends. I thought this was interesting. So there's like a glitch. And then the CD comes back on. And it's a video of me, Sean, and Kevin Moore's neck like walking up to Sweet Springs. So I'm not quite sure what we were doing. That might have been the investigation that we did there. But we're talking about Hot Springs Limestone Geology. And then the video ends with us at Sweet Springs. I thought that was quite interesting. So the second CD was a minefield, a gold, gold field, minefield, whatever, because it had us videoing things before and during the investigation. So we were actually able to interview the caretaker at the property. And he mentioned that he knew the gym was haunted because there was a legend of someone being buried under the school gym floor. And he has the guys walk over this weird spot on the gym floor. Um, again, Probably a legend because I can't find any documentation of it, but doesn't mean it didn't happen. This school had a weird layout because they had a lot of classrooms in the basement. I'm thinking back to my days and being in school. I don't remember any classrooms in the basement. It was just weird. They look like a dungeon. But everyone's in this classroom. I guess you guys are doing like the, I guess everyone's doing the tour before they start the investigation. And Chris says he sees someone sitting in this random chair in the other room. And so you all decide to like sit down and the camera got an EVP. I'm going to let you guys listen to it and then I'll tell you what we think it said. So just give me a second to pull it up on my phone. Again. So many, I have so many pictures of my dogs, like it's so hard to, and I did this evidence review a while ago. So bear with me and Sean can probably cut this out if he wants to. I have to go through all the pictures of our, my 40th birthday trip to Skyline Drive, which is amazing. If you haven't been to Skyline Drive in Virginia, I highly, highly recommend it. Even if you're not a geology nerd like me, the scenery is amazing. Okay, I finally found it. Let me play it again. So Sean's demanding that they do something. He says, I want you to do it now. And then you hear a voice go, who did that? I'll play it again. So that was, uh, they didn't react to it on camera. We didn't notice it till afterwards. So that's considered an EVP. Um, if they would have heard that in the room, that's considered a disembodied voice. So they haven't really even started the investigation yet, and they're getting evidence. 
This next piece of evidence I put in my notes will forever creep me out. Again, they're using the shack hack, ghost box, whatever you want to call it. And a female voice comes through and says, Caroline, what we think says Caroline. Then the guys ask Caroline to speak again and they get this. And I can't tell if this is actually from the ghost box or within the room. And sometimes that happens. You'll be on investigation and you get a voice. but It sounds like it's not coming through the radio. Like it's in the room with you. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it. So I'll, I'll play the clip and let you guys think. See what you guys think. So I know that's a lot of, you hear them talking, you hear the Caroline come through, you hear Kevin Warden kind of mumbling, talking in the background, and then you hear something very angrily, I think, say, Caroline. I'll play it again. It's right towards the end of the clip. I just like how everyone reacts. Uh, (laughs) I would have reacted the same way if I was there. It's odd because they're in the basement. They're using, I think at that time they're using AM. So they shouldn't be getting voices like that through the, the ghost box. Very interesting. So then the CD goes forward a little bit. And the guys are in the hallway. And I'm going to play it. But this comes through. And it sounds like some other voices come through. But again, with the the ghost box, the shack hack, it's hard to tell. Now, I think with the actual ghost box, like you see Katrina using on Paranormal Lockdown and Portals to Hell, the voices are a lot more clear. But I'm going to go ahead and play this. This was also shortly after Chris was shoved. So, and... We analyzed it, analyzed it, analyzed it, and we just can't explain it. So, here we go. Clip number three. 
just kidding. <laughs> this is what you get when you don't label your files. So, this is shortly after the first clip that I, or the second clip that I play where the voice comes through and says, Caroline. So, they're still in the same room in the basement. And this comes through. To me, it's clear as day. And I don't know why this will come across to radio. Here we go. So I will play that again. It just says Kevin Warsnack's last name. Here you go, Warsnack. It's at the end. So very, very interesting. I think listening to that clip, there might be other stuff going on in the background. I might look at that later. But anyway, now they're in the hallway. This is after the shove happens. And I will play this clip. Sorry to send you astray. I'll play it again. So you hear it go, listen. I'll play it again. <laughs> Sean, all right, I'm listening. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Um, so this next clip is another one that will forever creep me out. Because it's my voice coming through. And it's me doing a voice that's kind of like an inside joke between myself and Kevin Morzenak. And I'll play it. So I don't know if you heard that there at the end, but something goes, war snack. It's just a, a, a joke that Kevin and I have between us. It's odd that it sounds exactly like me and like does the mimicking that I do when I say his name. So I'll play it again. Again, creepy. And you can see a lot of times you don't get anything but stack and then a voice comes through. So interesting ghost hunting tool, that's for sure. I don't remember. Oh, 
Sorry, I think I unplugged something. Technical difficulties. All right, I hope everyone can still hear me. This is why I need Sean here with me. Apparently, I can't run my own podcast. All right. Um, hopefully, Sean, you can cut this out. If not, there's some funny, funny bloopers. And then this last clip, again, I don't remember this. It's very freaky. And it sounds like, to me, it's disembodied voice. Um, I'll play it and let you guys... I want to know what you guys think. Just in our camera caught this disembodied moan. And here's the camera's enhanced audio. So again, that's not the shack hack uh, making noise. What Sean did is he was able to enhance the audio of the CD and then put like an overlap on it. Because again, we were making this like a documentary, but you can hear like a moan. I'll play it again. I don't know if I call that a moan or maybe I would call that more of a scream, which again, it could be outside interference. You know, we, we often wondered about that when we were um, up at Waverly Hills, because just like Waverly Hills, this place, it's up on a hill and you don't know how sound carries again, still kind of weird. So that was kind of a nice highlight reel or overview of some of the evidence we caught. I'm going to go through the raw, the nitty gritty stuff from the actual camcorders. And again, I don't have the original audio. So the second part will just be what I found on the camcorders. Um, sorry, I'm reading my notes. What? Oh, I'm too far in to re-record this. So, again, more bloopers. This is why I need Sean here with me. Okay, so I guess there was another round of tapes. And it was basically the same thing that Chris had on his camera. So, it must have been someone following around Chris that got all the same thing. No new evidence was found. I thought that I heard extra voices on the shack hack. But, like, again, that's hard to say whether or not your mind is thinking you're hearing things that aren't there or if it's actually spirit voices. I saw maybe some orbs, but that place was so full of mold and dust that I just, it's not worth trying to analyze. So again, the second part is going to be the remaining two, two tapes. It should be all of the raw footage, not anything cut for the, the docu documentary that we were thinking about making. I know this is a short episode and you guys have been waiting long between episodes and I apologize, but I'm pretty sure part two will be a lot longer because Sean will be able to put his two cents in and we'll talk about the actual raw video. And again, we might have missed something. When we do this evidence review, a lot of times we have had DVR monitors running. We had digital recorders running, the camcorders going. So we would split up the evidence between people. So someone... 
might have missed something and then I'm able to catch it now years later, which is kind of cool. That's why we're doing this podcast mainly not to gain listeners or anything, but mainly to preserve our memories and the, the fun times we had and interesting things that we caught. So again, thank you so much for listening. I apologize again for the gap between episodes. Uh, apologize again for the technical difficulties. This is why I need Sean here. Apparently when you turn 40, you don't know how to run equipment. Um, subscribe, like, look at our Facebook page, interact with us. Um, send us any of your creepy stories. I promise you I will read them on one of the upcoming episodes. Uh, thanks again. Bye.